0: go ahead and be turning in your Bibles to Luke chapter 22. We'll improvise since we uh, uh, don't have a pianist tonight. I'll only uh, use Rick for one song, and uh, he said that would be fine. And let's go ahead and get started with our thoughts. If you were not here this morning, you're going to hear about some things that we uh, received from uh, Brother Christy Chukulescu. Uh, And, of course, Brother Chuck uh, was here, and... uh, this is such a dynamic ministry going on in Romania. And we of course had lunch with them and they shared with us the things that's going on there. And uh, uh, this has been a wonderful partnership and the conditions under which they have to work uh, and the people they are reaching and their deliberate decision to uh, go into the part of uh, one of the least evangelized parts of really the world. Uh, and uh, we ask you continue to pray for them. I'm going to have uh, probably a, a summary of what they need and how we can help and maybe some opportunities uh, written up in next week's bulletin. And uh, I want you to, uh, to be prepared to kind of look it over and uh, think about whether God can use you individually, us collectively, to, to be an even greater part of their ministry. And once again, we've been on board with them for uh, 15 years, uh, and uh, it has been a, a worthwhile investment of every penny that we've been given to them. Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 7. Would you stand as the scriptures read, please? Then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat. So they said to him, Where do you want us to prepare? And he said to them, Behold, when you have entered into the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house which he enters. Then you shall say to the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large, furnished upper room there make ready. So they went and found just as he had said to them. And they prepared the Passover. When the hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. And he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. And surely the Son of Man goes, it has been determined. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. Then they begin to question among themselves which of them it was who would do this thing. Let's pray together, please. Father, we thank you. For this ordinance, we thank you especially for what it symbolizes. We thank you that you bought this church with your blood. And Father, we do not take that lightly. Remind us of this very often, that we will not take this church lightly. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for the message of the gospel. Father, may we leave here with it ever on our lives to share with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated this passage of scripture, whether it be this passage or the passage in Mark or the passage in Matthew concerning the Lord's Supper has become very familiar to us and rightfully so and that's a good thing because that means that if we've been in church at any length of time at all that we are familiar with this ordinance and we're familiar with the setting of this ordinance. We're familiar with the place where Jesus administered this ordinance. And of course, there's... a A good reason why we need to keep that in mind, this is the heart of the gospel message. And we we talk about missions, we talk about evangelism, we talk about youth programs, we talk about the Awana program, we talk about the, the, the gospel. This is the heart of the gospel message. We take this out of the gospel message, we have no message. And that is, of course, the sacrifice that Jesus gave for us and the love of God that prompted this kind of sacrifice for us. We've mentioned before that Luke, at the very outset of his book, says some things about paying attention to details and trying to, to, to mention some things from the very smallest detail onward. And there's some details in this passage of Scripture. And a lot of times the passage of Scripture becomes very familiar to us. We're prone to take it as kind of a block. But we'll look at some details that really enhance the gospel message. First of all, it says, Then came the day of unleavened bread. When the Passover must be killed. It's quite interesting that it doesn't say where they would observe the Passover. The Passover must be killed. We know that he was talking about the Passover lamb must be killed. And a detail that I had not known until just quite recently as I was looking at this particular passage of scripture. Bible scholar by the name of John Phillips points out a detail of the historical tradition of the Passover meal that when the lamb was killed for Passover, we know according to Deuteronomy that it was roasted. It was roasted over a fire. And that lamb roasted like it was in the original Passover it was cooked hastily. And the lamb would be eaten during the Passover observance and for centuries it was, it was like this. John Phillips says not only was it roasted but it was roasted over an open fire And when the lamb was dressed ready to cook, pomegranate wood, a skewer of pomegranate wood, was thrust through it vertically. And then also to stabilize it over the flame was thrust through it horizontally, where the Passover lamb, historically, was always impaled on a cross over the flame. And that little message there, Reminds us when he said the Passover must be killed, as if this wasn't enough when Jesus talks about his blood and his body. Luke drives that home. But he also gives us the master's attention to details, and that's in the preparation. Jesus said, Behold, when you have entered in the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house which he enters. And he says, Go and prepare the Passover. And he gives them instructions. And he gives them instructions of what to look for. And he says, when you go into town, look for a man carrying a pitcher of water. Now, we would look at this and say, well, there had to be a lot of people carrying water in town. Well, Jesus was quite specific. He said, you'll see a man carrying water. That would not be hard to spot simply because carrying water was always done by the women. So when he said, you'll see a man carrying water, he said, that's something different. You look for that. When you look, see him, you just follow him into the, into the house. Now, the reason for this is all of this had to be done. Jesus knew secretive. They were already looking for him to arrest him. So he had to be very secretive as to where he would be. So the disciples would go to town and they said, you look for that man carrying water. And then you follow him. And when you follow him and get to the house... Obviously, he's not the master of the house. He's somebody else. He said, Then you tell the master of the house, the teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat Passover with my disciples? And then he shows them the provisions. He said, There he will show you a large, furnished upper room. There, make ready. Jesus paid attention to the facilities. He said it will be a large room. The upper room of a house typically had an outdoor staircase where you could exit very quickly if you had to. But notice it was a large room because we're talking about 13 people because Judas was still with them at the time. 13 people. And houses were not very large at that time, so you had to make sure that you had a large room. When we talk about facilities, I know a lot of times we'll say, well, the church is not the building. The church is the people in the building. That's right, isn't it? But I think we all know that facilities are significant. And I think that that hit home this morning when Brother Christie was talking about the facilities in which they have to meet at this time. All they could find to rent in that part of town where they want to reach those people was that room over a nightclub. And not only is it over a nightclub, but it's, it's cold. And and now, most of the guys, this doesn't matter as much to the women, though. The restrooms were hideous, weren't they, when you saw the picture of it. I could hear the gasp all across the building when he showed the slide. And so when we talk about facilities, we might say, well, when you really want to worship the Lord, it really doesn't matter. Well, here's the thing. A lot of people we're trying to reach don't have that devotion yet. And if they're going to come and hear the gospel for the first time or the second time, even Jesus said, I want a large room where I can have the Passover with my disciples. I want to make sure the facilities will accommodate us. So it is important as we start looking at our mission partners, if we can help with that sort of thing. And as we look at mission partners all over, we have gone on mission trips where we helped our missionary partners set up and rented facilities. It's important that you have a facility where the action is, so to speak, where the people are. They could find other facilities in other parts of the region, but he said we cannot leave that region. This is where we want to be. And he said this, a large furnished upper room. So I began to read what it meant by furnished. It meant furnished with everything that they would need for the Passover meal. They would need a table big enough for the Passover meal for 13 people. And they didn't have chairs, but they had cushions. It was a low table that had cushions all around the table. It was important that they had 13 cushions, plenty of places where people would sit. Not only that, but it was furnished to the point where the, the host had provided the lamb, the bread, and the herbs, and everything he would need for the Passover meal. The disciples, I suppose, they just ambled into town and assumed somebody would take care of that. We, we don't see anybody taking the initiative until Jesus said, You Go and locate that room and everything will be ready. Isn't that just like Jesus to take care of those things? Just as he took care of that Passover and all of the arrangements of it, he has taken care of all of the arrangements for our salvation. That Passover meal was just like what it commemorated. He has taken care of those details, every last detail that needed to be covered. For us to be saved. He took care of that. And the master's desire is this. In verse 15. With fervent desire. I have desired to eat this Passover. With. You. The desire is not just to eat the Passover. He could have eaten the Passover. With anybody in town. People all over town were eating Passover meals. But he said I want to eat this Passover. With you. You see, Jesus wanted their company. Jesus wanted their companionship. In Mark chapter 3, we have a a statement that tells us that Jesus had this desire from the very start. In Mark chapter 3, verse 13. Mark chapter 3, verse 13. He went up to the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted, and they came to him. Then he appointed twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. That, what came first? He, he called them to himself and he chose the twelve that they might be with him. That was the first thing. You know, we think about him calling the apostles. He called them so he could send them out. But well, the first thing he wanted was time with them. And he wants time with us. And you have any, uh, is any doubt why we call the Lord's Supper communion? You know what communion means? It means sharing together. And you see, Jesus Christ wants to share this time together with us. He wants us to share this time together with each other. That's why communion is a church ordinance. And I know some uh, faith groups, some different denominations do it this way where you can carry the communion to individual people and in facilities so forth. However, this is to be a church communion service together. It is to be observed in a group setting. It is to be observed with a group that has communion with each other. That means definitely everyone who partakes should be a believer. And definitely everyone who partakes should be of like faith and order. And through the years, there's always been the debate of closed communion versus open communion. And Brister has always been a a closed communion and a church members only. But we don't ask the church members to stand to receive communion. And here's the reason why. The Bible also says in the book of uh, 2 Corinthians, let a man examine himself. And therefore, we would not want to embarrass anyone if someone who is a member was not partaking of communion at a particular time because of something amiss. So what we simply do is let a man examine himself. And as the servers pass by, if you're not partaking for whatever reason, that's fine. Someone may say, well, isn't that kind of exclusive? if you don't let everybody into the table, if this was a matter of passing out salvation, definitely we'd let everybody partake. But salvation is not found in the elements of the Lord's Supper. Salvation is found in what they symbolize. Salvation is found in faith in Jesus Christ. So that's why we call it communion, that this is a time of absolute togetherness with each other and absolute togetherness with Jesus Christ. And he said... As often as you do it, you remember me. Don't ever forget the reason behind the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. And with that, I'm going to ask if my gentleman would, be, would come up who will be assisting me in the Lord's Supper.